0: You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Hey, welcome to Flipping Tables episode 95. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards.
1: And I am David Lyons.
0: And you have a story about a Kindle, don't you?
1: I do. So we, we did a couple episodes, uh, earlier in the nineties in our octa or not octogenarian, nonagenarians. I think we had this yeah. conversation. Yeah, <laughs> It is nonagenarian. Um, it is now about, uh, eBooks and like why they haven't taken over the world. And I just had these two kind of like interesting anecdotes that I wanted to share. So, uh, hear these stories through the lens of all book sales have gone down. It's not, just that ebook sales have gone down. They've actually maintained their percentage, but I think part of the impact they've had that isn't like sexy and, you know, Valley wag is never going to talk about is on like kind of, uh, normally underrepresented, uh, minorities in tech. So I have these, these two stories happen back to back. It's just like weird coincidence. A, uh, woman when I, I got my new Kindle. So I put my old one, with the keyboard like the Kindle 3, the last one with a keyboard. I put it on Craigslist and uh, a woman got in touch with me and you know we like haggled on price and ever did all that thing and then we like met up at a safe public place so we could do the the drug deal and and <laughs> she uh she asked me about it and she didn't really seem to know anything about it which was surprising because we had like done all this back and forth conversation. And part of me wanted to be like, I don't want to talk you out of buying this, but you don't seem to know like what a Kindle is or how it works. And she was actually buying it for her like 90-some-odd-year-old father who was in the hospital and didn't want to keep like a bunch of books around, but really, really liked to read. So she was like, oh, it's not for me. I don't know anything about technology, but my dad really likes to read, so I'm buying this Kindle for him. And I was like, oh okay um do you have any other questions like i didn't really know (laughs) how to help her at that point because i figured i was selling it to someone who knew like kind of what they were buying so i sort of gave her like the quick rundown like this one doesn't have 3g it's wi-fi only but you don't need to be connected once the books are downloaded and i don't have a charging cable to give you but you can buy one for like 30 cents they're really cheap it'll work with your phone cable and she was just kind of like, no, this is really great. He's going to be so happy. Like, he he really didn't want to keep anything expensive in the hospital, but he's super excited to be able to, you know, read a lot of books. And I was like, that, that's awesome. And then, like, a week later, I was on a plane, and, uh, like, kind of catty corner to me across the row is a woman probably in, like, her... 60s plus like 60s maybe even late 70s like she she definitely was not on the younger side of a midlife crisis and she was reading off of a kindle 2 like the not the original crazy giant one but i mean the kindle 2 was was pretty big it's pretty big it's got like eight thousand buttons and i just thought that was like kind of awesome like here's someone who i saw her pull out her phone it was a flip phone like this is this is obviously not someone where tech is really a high priority in their life, but this device is really simple. Anybody can use it. And she found it useful. And it it was like, it was useful to her, even though, you know, by the, the technorati standards, I'm like, Oh, but it's huge. And the buttons (laughs) and the resolution and, eh," but it's like, what does she care? She just wants to read books. So I thought that, I thought that was delightful.
0: Yeah. I'm just reminded that, uh, You know, anytime I I was just at Thanksgiving in San Diego and, you know, just seeing some of my less tech enthusiast family members do anything on their phones (laughs) at all. And they're not dumb. Like they know how to do what they're doing. But it's just like, it's a different world out there. They have different (laughs) mental models for what's going on. And, you know, I like hearing about, you know, first, second, third gen Kindles or, you know, there's iPad 2s and even iPad 1s that are just out there in the wild still being used and uh you know to us techies it's like how can you like like an animal <laughs> using that thing and it's like no like things are just they move at a slower glacial pace um and that's fine like the our entire universe cannot move at the pace of the startup culture. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're used to a world where, you know, an app didn't get 6 billion users in 30 seconds. It's so yesterday, forget about it. It's over. And it's kind of like, no, the the real lasting things are slow churn. They reach the edges. So the fact that a Kindle is reaching, Um, people that otherwise don't think about technology is an indication of its reach. And like, okay, slowly these things are seeping through and taking root.
1: Yeah, because I I think the value proposition for someone who might have even grown up without like a phone in their house, right? Because I mean, there was a time when you had to like rent a phone from the phone company. That was not that long ago. So for somebody who grew up in that era or maybe they just came from like a a disadvantaged background, they didn't have a home phone to say to them like, oh, here's a little glass rectangle that lets you fling birds at green pigs. It's like that's and and they're like, but this is a phone like that's a difficult (laughs) value proposition to convey unless you're like you understand what their needs actually are. Well, the Kindle, it's pretty straightforward. Like, hey, do you read? Yeah, this makes reading easier. Neat. (laughs) it's yeah it's like do you like to read a lot yeah well now you don't have to a a bunch of books you're
0: in a life situation where you're not going to the library or barnes and noble every other week yeah this solves your problem you need you know whether it's a hospital stay or just any other reason that has nothing to do with health like i'm just not i'm going on a trip i'm not going to be able to borrow books i don't want to carry them in a backpack (laughs) this solves my problem like yeah the value proposition is totally there and um, just because it doesn't have the latest version of Android and <laughs> doesn't have LTE, like it's, it's a weird niche that feels like it's the entire world when you read tech blogs. But really, it's it's this cutting edge niche that, yeah, it tells you the future, but it also tells you ninety nine false prophecies <laughs> for every one
1: true one. Well, <laughs> and I presume other like people who are super into sports, like if you're a big American football fan, and then you know, like on Thanksgiving, there's a couple of games, and you know we're getting close to the end of the season, and and then like the Super Bowl. Like, if you're big into that, that probably seems like a really central part of your universe. Just like to us, it's like oh, tech and what's happening in the tech world and Silicon Valley and all that other nonsense. Like, we don't understand sometimes how people don't relate to that. And you shared with us uh, in one of our Slack channels this awesome article about. Living in different worlds and how people like used to uh, pull the memory cards out of their cameras and think they were spent like the way film would be spent.
0: Yeah, I took all the pictures it can hold. Yeah, it's well, over. It's
1: done. I'll just go buy a new memory card. And uh, it, like, I can't help it because I guess I'm a bad person. But my gut reaction is like, "Ha, you're dumb." But then it's like, "No, that they just they don't know any better." The we're using all the same words. It's like, hey, this is a, a camera, you know, that holds film. Yeah. This is a camera that holds digital pictures. In a film camera, you put in this little canister, and a digital camera, you put in this little, you know, wafer. Yeah, SD card. Yeah, and I mean, even yeah, they're, they're not
0: necessarily dumb. They just have a different mental model that hasn't grasped the details of what's really going on. But also, imagine that digital cameras, um, the workflow of a pro photographer now is take picture. Instead of develop film, which is something normal people go to the store for, um, it became put it on a computer, decide what your output is. Are you publishing (laughs) this on the web? Are you printing this? Whatever. Um, in, In that greater context, you could see the memory card mental model might have a few more legs than just storage. It's like oh, pros actually have to take this out of the memory card and do something with it. I just take pictures. And I think of this as the final resting place (laughs) of the picture. And so since I don't have an external hard drive, I don't have a desktop computer with terabytes of space. This is where my photos live. I will go and buy new memory cards the same way I would buy more film. And it's like, uh, I'm I'm not saying the metaphor lines up, but it is like... I can find ways to talk through it as a story that makes sense in these people's heads. Well,
1: I feel like this is also kind of the the extreme other end of skeuomorphism gone wrong because if you if you sat somebody down and you they knew how film cameras worked and you just said, "Here's a digital camera. The only difference between that and this is that the pictures go onto this memory card." That's assuming a lot that they understand. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's not you can't even like I like I said, my gut reaction is be like, ah oh, you're dumb, but I'm really not giving enough credit to the huge amount of of infrastructure I have around understanding why it's different and why it's the same and how those sames and differences are chosen specifically like it's still shaped like a camera because you still have to hold it in your hands. But the pictures aren't <laughs> yeah. stored on like one-time use cards because that would be wasteful and stupid. Like the stored is QR, <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate storage format. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is interesting that uh, there are really people walking around who see stuff that we think of as reusable as disposable and vice versa. Like every once in a while you talk about something like, Oh, we'll just throw that away when we're done with it. And they're like, wait, wait, what? Why? Why would you do that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll just throw that iPod away. I got like six more. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Just making it rain iPods. So Sony has done some interesting things, uh, in the way of like rumor confirmation and, I found this particularly exciting mostly because uh, tech companies tend not to comment on rumor and speculation and Sony literally let out nothing other than, Hey, we're working on a thing. And then they like went back into their holes. (laughs) So the thing they're working on is a remote play app, like what you can do with a Vita where you can play stuff that's on the PS4, the PS3 from your Vita. But for windows and Mac, Which would totally like trump the Xbox like, uh, you know, cross compatibility things because I think on the Xbox you actually have to own separate copies of the game, but then they can play together. This is I don't I think this is a big I feel like this is a big deal.
0: Yeah, well, it seems like all the major companies are circling around this target because Steam has streaming now. It might still be a beta, but they they have a feature where you can stream. So you have your powerful PC in your closet, you can stream to any other PC, or if you get a Steam box, etc. Um, yeah, Microsoft's dabbling. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they've gone this far. So I feel like you know, by the time we get to the next console, or maybe just late in life, if they manage to. Extend this bridge well enough to keep these systems going. Um, we're gonna get there. We're basically, yeah. Your screen is a dumb terminal. Network latency will eventually not be a problem. We hope someday, <laughs> um, especially for games. And you know, unless you're playing a turn-based game or something, the latency matters. Um, but yeah, I'm, it's exciting that they're doing this. It's weird that they would say like, "Yep."
1: Well, <laughs> apparently, someone like hacked this kind of functionality together and then sony like leaned out of their their workshop and was like oh um yeah we're gonna shut that down because we're working on the real deal and then did like the slow lean back in and then they were gone (laughs) and i just i kind of like the idea that companies that usually don't you know confirm we we have no comment we we do not confirm or deny rumors we don't what do they always say? We don't comment on rumor and speculation.
0: Yeah, that's what Apple says every single time. Anything, <laughs>
1: any anything ever. But the, if they were willing to confirm it, but release no other details, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're close to releasing it, but that they're serious about it. Because to come yeah. back now and be like, no, we were just testing would be kind of crappy.
0: No one wants to watch videos on their iPod.
1: (laughs) JK video iPod. (laughs) So the reason I'm particularly interested in this is because I feel like this functionality is kind of specifically designed for me because I will probably never own a Vita. Or if I do, it'll be so, so, so late in its life cycle that it won't matter. But I do have a relatively powerful computer, and I do have a PS4, and when I'm away from my PS4, it would be cool to just slide a controller out of my bag and then be like, oh, I'm going to stream this uh, PS4 game to my Mac because my Mac can handle it.
0: And yeah, if they can if they can get the latency down close enough, then I'm in. Yeah, completely.
1: Particularly since they said Windows and Mac, um, that's a, li- a little bit of a shot across the bow of... of- microsoft because they know well i was gonna say they know microsoft would never release that kind of compatibility with xbox on mac but you know they've done Mac's not a threat in the gaming sense though well it's not but microsoft has also done some like crazy things recently that everyone was always like oh microsoft will never play nice with them because windows 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 and then uh, satya nadella came in and was like i'm gonna do cool stuff so <laughs> who knows?
0: Maybe he'll... That was his first speech to the company, <laughs> Private Behind Doors. We're going to do cool stuff.
1: And everybody went, yay. Cars go vroom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so maybe he uh, maybe he actually would approve this kind of thing. Like, oh, hey, our, our biggest competitor in the console space is going to have this advantage over us. And you know what? There's no reason we can't just do the same thing. Do Go out there and do the same thing. Especially because... I wouldn't say that someone who owns an Xbox automatically uses Windows as their their desktop environment. Yeah. I mean, it's statistically more likely just because the install base, but...
0: And in the past, Microsoft's been a little better about their controllers working well on Mac. I think that's pretty much a push now, though. But I think um, the previous, the 360 controller... I don't know, actually. I, I know um, the
1: 360 controller always worked with uh windows out of the box and on mac you needed like a a dongle adapter or something
0: um if you had the wireless controller but if you right. got if you were in early and got a <laughs> wired you could just pop off the end and use it as usb yeah
1: the ps3 controller not only natively identifies to, as a bluetooth controller but it actually the mac knows what it is and like in the bluetooth menu it says ps3 controller so yeah.
0: that We've come far enough that it's not a controller problem anymore. Now just stream the stuff. Yes. Um, so speaking of Sony games, you you recently uh, devoured Batman Arkham Knight. And I know we talked about it when <laughs> I was playing it a few months ago. But now that you've played it, do you have anything to add about that
1: game? Uh, yeah, the The main thing I can add is the tank stuff is not nearly as big of a deal as everybody on like Reddit made it out to be. Because like half the reviews I saw were like, oh, this game is so awesome. If it wasn't for that silly Batmobile, I was like, "Eh, no, (laughs) it's fine. It's, it's, he's, what is he going to walk everywhere? But in fact, yes, it is faster to use the grappling hook (laughs) and just like (laughs) zoom around.
0: Yeah. I don't really want to question the physics. It's comic book universe. He he can accelerate through a grappling hook perfectly every time and never fails. Well,
1: and it's also uh, more or less straight as the crow flies. So if you yeah. need to, because, you know, to to make the game universe make sense, the Gotham City is like three little islands. So a lot of time you're just traveling over water, and it's like, I don't want to go to that stupid bridge over there when I could just literally yeah. fly as if I had magic powers across the, the open <laughs> water. But overall, um, I really enjoyed it. I think, uh, and there's going to be spoilers coming up, so spoilers. um everybody made a big deal about how the, the identity of the Arkham Knight it's uh it's actually Jason Todd. And that was like a cool reveal, but they kind of, they made it pretty damn obvious that it was going to be somebody who knew Batman like intimately well. And you're like, well, I yeah. can count on one hand the number of people who fit this description. Three of them are in front of me right now. One of them I just saw a minute ago <laughs>
0: And if, uh, if you don't know the Batman universe well enough to know it's between those three people, then the spoiler has no value to you. Because you're like, oh, it's Jason Todd, that guy I don't know.
1: <laughs> That's very true. But I mean, it was, it was cool. It was done well, even though I knew it was him ahead of time. It was still like done really well, and it was like exciting, and you know the, the character reactions and everything were believable. Um, that, to me, was not the biggest spoiler in the game. The biggest spoiler in the game was how much the joker is actually the main villain and like batman's freaking out and having like joker freakouts where
0: (laughs) almost to like a a ride in metal gear solid 2 level of like they didn't advertise this they didn't even make a big deal that mark hamill was back for the voice like
1: well apparently they had him under like i guess an nda he was like sworn to secrecy and He's good about that, too. Yeah, but... He hasn't said anything about Star Wars. His dialogue was so amazing. Like, there were times that I was just standing there to make sure he didn't have any more lines, because, you know, he's in in (laughs) Batman's head, so he's not only, like, being the Joker, but he's being the Joker who now knows everything Batman knows, and including like all his deepest fears. So like every time something terrible would happen to like one of Batman's friends, he's like, screw him, You're better off. (laughs) He's like, just imagine if they were out of the picture, then that means you would never have to worry about them again. And after like the 10th time he said something like that, it just kind of like crashed on me all at once. I was like, Oh my God, this is the dark side of Bruce Wayne thinking about how much easier it would be to be Batman. (laughs) If he didn't have anyone else to worry about. Like, I was kind of there. There were multiple times where I actually like paused it and like geeked out a little bit. Where I was just like, you know, because Susan, <sighs> you know, she'll be in the room sometimes when I'm playing, and I would just like do the worst kind of like if you have to explain a joke, it's not funny. Where it'd be like, okay, let me tell you all the background that makes what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> really neat and she would very patiently is the
0: spousal uh-huh yes mm, she's, she, that's nice she's honey. very sweet
1: and i mean she likes comic books and stuff she just doesn't she hasn't played any of the arkham games so it's like she has the background knowledge but none of the foreground knowledge <laughs> <laughs> except what i have like nerd vomited all over the house while i'm playing them let's see what else tank not that big of a deal joker best part of the game no question um
0: wanton destruction of the entire city as you power slide around every turn (laughs) well you know is it worth the damage to the city
1: (laughs) they did a really good job of making it very clear that all of the gameplay mechanics around uh destroying things and how much stuff gets messed up and and the bad guys are ruining everything but you're also ruining everything Mm -hmm. like that that's that's the that's the story, right? Like the militarization of the police and like how far is too far. And, and it's all the gameplay mechanics fit that. I mean, God, you can even knock over trees. You couldn't even knock over trees in grand theft auto, but you can, yeah. you can knock over trees,
0: touch a telephone pole. It's going down, but like <laughs> hit a tree, man, come to immovable a object. Object.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I, I felt like the whole universe was just really well put together. Um, the only thing that I found, like, as a player, frustrating is I'm not, like, I never really played fighting games, so my Twitch reflexes aren't finely honed. So there were a couple fights that I just had to do way more times. What level did you play on? Easy. Did you play on? Yeah, I, play, I <laughs> so, played all three of them on easy.
0: I played it on normal, and uh, some of those mixed fights with a big guy, electro guy, shield guys, ninja guys, like... I had to replay a lot of those because they are hard. And, like, you feel amazing if you survive them because you're like, yeah, I'm Batman. <laughs> but, man, some of them are hard.
1: Well, there's a couple times when uh, they add in the medic. So I don't – the other games didn't have anything like this, but or at least not that I remember. But in Arkham Knight, there's now some schmuck who can, like, make guys get back up
0: yeah and yeah. yeah so
1: now it's not even just a matter of like okay beat everyone into submission it's like beat them into submission in the fortuitous order otherwise they <laughs> will literally just keep coming at you forever
0: yeah and i i found the the electro guys the most annoying because if you accidentally hit a big guy or a shield guy it's like whatever they they blocked it but make her on move on the spark guys it's
1: like ow yeah and it was way too late in my playthrough that i started to understand like the quick fire of certain tools and
0: yeah that's always kind of out of reach for me too like i knew a few of them but it was never in the heat of a battle <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah throw the battering and then grapple this and then
1: because <laughs> well, there's so there's the you early on you interact with the guy who charges you And the only way you can stop a guy who's charging you guy is you either have to leap out of the way or you can throw a batarang at him. So you have to like double tap L2 to like quick fire a batarang. But sometimes you throw it at the wrong guy and then he tackles you anyway. And you're like, that was not very Batman, Batman. (laughs) Batman would have known to throw it at the guy who is an imminent threat, not the guy who was over there picking his nose.
0: It it was neither very Batman nor Raven. (laughs)
1: But yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. Although I think at one point you said, I really love these games and I never see myself playing them again. And yep. I I kind of had that sensation, even though there's uh, Arkham Knight has a new game plus, but I was still kind of like, yeah. Eh.
0: <laughs> well, did you notice that you activated it at all? It yeah. puts you on night difficulty. So you have all your power offs, but you are now on the hardest mode or one of the harder modes of the game oh. automatically.
1: Okay, cool. Good talk. That's yeah that's not gonna happen that's (laughs) why from easy to to go screw yourself difficulty like that's not it's not even
0: because they're like hey you're all powered up you you don't need the extra help come on (laughs) but no i mean that's the difference between last of us which i've beaten at least 10 times (laughs) skipping cinemas i'm not like
1: insane but (laughs) i will say actually here's, here's my final thought unless you remind me of some other cool thing um the Riddler, I think I tweeted this. The Riddler is uh, really prominent in the game because he captures Catwoman. So there's a, a big side story where you can go rescue Catwoman. And um, when you get through all of his nonsense, he comes out in this big robot suit and he's like, ah, Batman, I'm going to kick your ass. And then you fight him for like literally three or four seconds. And then he. Says, ah, Batman. There's still riddles in Gotham waiting to be solved, and if you want to fight me, you'll have to earn the privilege. And then he goes down into like this little safety room, and these two big metal gates close over the top of it. And I, I looked in the like the per, I don't know the the pause menu, I guess the options menu, at like how much uh r- how many riddles I had solved, and I had like twelve out of like two hundred and forty three. And, yeah. and I think this is where I tweeted, I guess he's going to die in that pit waiting for me. Because <laughs> there is no way in hell I'm going to do all that.
0: Well, and the Riddler makes a mistake of thinking Batman has something to prove about his intelligence. <laughs> Batman doesn't give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's the Riddler that's really obsessed with being the smartest person. Um, and my problem with the Riddler trophies is not so much the puzzles themselves, it's the finding them all would be... Something I would basically have to open Game Facts for. And the the thought of scrolling one by one through Game Facts checking off Riddler trophies just seems like the most horribly tedious thing ever.
1: And I mean, for some people, some completionists, that's probably like exactly the gameplay they're interested in. But for me, especially so there's there's three endings. There's like the story conclusion, then there's the nightfall protocol, and then there's the one hundred percent nightfall protocol and I was like, okay, I'm willing to put in the work to get to the nightfall protocol, which is like the proper ending with credits, but I am not willing to hundred percent just because I'm not willing to do Riddler. Like I just, I won't, I'm I'm not (laughs) sorry.
0: He can die in his hole.
1: (laughs) Um, So one thing I found frustrating, uh, and I think you and I talked about this. I don't remember if it was on the show or not. Um, See, I knew I'd have more comments. (laughs) There's... (laughs) Uh, no real clear indication when you unlock some of the missions in the beginning of the game that you can't choose to just do that whole mission right away. So like uh, one of the missions is there's a bunch of bombs like in the road and you have to defuse them. And at no point are you ever told where those bombs are. You have to just happen across them. Yeah. Um, But with a lot of the other missions, you'll do like one part of it, like the the ones with the towers, you know, you'll like you'll destroy one of the towers and then you'll get a little like pop up notification later. That's like, oh, there's additional intel. Oh, we found another one of the towers like because they're yeah. hard to find. But when I got to the end of the game and I was just trying to like check these things off the list so that I could get to the Nightfall protocol, I was like, OK, can we not? There's nothing for me to do. Like, can you not just make me literally wander in circles waiting for (laughs) Intel to come in? But unless there was something I didn't understand, that's exactly what I did. I just roamed the streets of Gotham, like murdering people with my car. And I'm sorry. (laughs) Those people you electrocute at 95 miles an hour, (laughs) they die. (laughs) They're They're so dead. But is there, am I crazy? Is there some way to like force the Intel to unlock
0: I don't remember. <laughs> I remember most of the missions, Alfred would like message you and say, we've seen a weird flying creature or there's some fire alarm going off yeah. here. Like, they would like occasionally nudge you and say, hey, side mission, ready for it? But uh, maybe those bomb ones are just, sorry, you got to find well, them. Cause,
1: so when I beat the game, I had the towers, the bomb one, and the, the creepy pig doll guy. Oh, that one yeah. was messed up. Um, But the so like the doll guy, if I just wandered around, eventually I got more intel and the towers. I eventually just got more intel. Plus, those are easy to spot from the air. So I would just eject from the car at super speed and just fly in circles. (laughs) But the bombs, I was like, I never diffused all those bombs. Was I going to like go just drive all like every city block in Gotham? Hell no. I'm Bruce Wayne. I got stuff to do.
0: There's a certain point where you're like, I'm just going to YouTube the ending. (laughs) Well, so
1: I got to the proper Nightfall ending, but not the 100% one that I YouTubed. Not even (laughs) sorry.
0: Well, maybe that's enough about Batman. It's a great game. Probably never play it ever (laughs) again, but I will watch like a hawk for the next thing Rocksteady does. Um, It seems like this was their opus of we're done with Batman. Let's just do everything we possibly can to make the best modern Batman game. And then... Sorry, everyone, Christopher Nolan's done, and we're done, and that's it. Well, and I
1: I really um, hope the, the Warner Brothers studios don't take the, that franchise and try and give it to someone else and say, like, hey, can you make us another Arkham game? It's like, no, no, they can't. Don't.
0: Yeah. So make a new Batman game, but don't make a new Arkham right. game. Um, so- and I really wonder, like, man, I would love to see Rocksteady take on, like, Metroid or, you know, any... Any or just a new thing, but it seems like they're gonna have to hook on to some existing universe. I'm okay
1: with that. They don't
0: Do you think they would do another comic book universe game? And what would make sense given what they're good at? I mean, I'd love to see somebody finally make a good Superman game and <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about that the other week about how literally every single Superman game sucks.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's possible based on his power set that a video game of superman just wouldn't really be any fun i mean it no one has cracked it yet yeah so who knows maybe he's just not he's like good in comics and he's good in movies and he had a couple of good tv shows but maybe like playing as superman it's difficult to convey existential crisis through gameplay <laughs> so they don't yeah you
0: know? yeah open world superman
1: yeah i don't know If if i wouldn't I wouldn't be afraid to bet on Rocksteady though. I mean, they obviously have smart people who understand the DC universe and these characters like, sure. Take a swing. Can't be worse than 64.
0: (laughs) What other hero really needs a good game? Most of them don't <laughs> yeah. have any good games. So from that from that metric, you could say almost any comic book hero could use a great game. Actually, but what, what, are, what are the heroes that were really ripe like Batman for a rich game? I think,
1: you know, we talked a little bit about this with Lincoln and this like the kind of climate, a Wonder Woman game. Like she yeah. has a lot of the same kind of powers as Superman, depending on which universe you're reading. But, you know, you could tone her down a little bit and make her less completely invulnerable and perfect and magical and just
0: <laughs> not just blocking everything with yeah. bracelets <laughs>
1: and, and then, you know, put her or you could put her in a universe where, you know, like Superman is vulnerable to magic, but it'd be weird to set his entire story where everyone could do magic, you know? So yeah. like you'd have to, but, but with Wonder Woman, I feel like her total invulnerability is less baked into her character and it would be kind of nice if she got like a really high quality game, like put her as the the main character, the hero that you have to play and empathize as. And eh.
0: well, yeah, will they ever devote triple A game resources to someone like Wonder Woman? Ever?
1: Yes. Soon? I don't <laughs> know. Probably not soon. Someone's. I think do it. you know her future will probably. I hate to say it will probably hinge a lot on how she's portrayed and received in the Batman vs. Superman movie.
0: Yeah, she, of course she has to be a untitled extra character in a male comic book movie.
1: Is she getting a show? A TV show? I, don't I mean, know. I know she had one, but I feel like Marvel is doing a lot of their work in movies and DC's been doing a lot of their work in TV shows. And now those are starting to cross Marvel's. Actually, I've, I've been watching uh, Jessica Jones with Susan. She was amazing yeah. and dark.
0: I'm I'm ready to start it. Yeah, eventually. she's a
1: cool main character woman. Like I I wasn't familiar with her from any comics, but just this little bit in the TV show, I was like, yeah, she kicks ass. It was awesome. Um, I did have one other thing about uh, video games before we jump to this other topic. <laughs> Which is, someone pointed out to me, I think it was on a Reddit thread, that uh, the PS4 and the X-Bone are basically just Intel computers running, like, custom software, which means yep. it would be really, really stupid, easy, simple for the PS5 and the X2, x- <laughs> X-Bone again, <laughs> whatever. x uh, for those to be 100% or nearly 100% backwards compatible, just like Windows 7 games play fine in Windows 10 and you know Mac yeah. OS 10.7. Don't, yeah. just don't even worry about it. <laughs> Thank you for saving me from myself there. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's actually um, a big advantage of the, the hardware choices they made with this console generation is people, even though I don't think backwards compatibility is ever the selling point, the video game community acts like it is it would be nice if they were like, you know what, we chose this hardware for a lot of good reasons. And you just you'll also get backwards compatibility. It's just thrown in.
0: Yeah. And maybe that would lend some legs to, you know, we're already two years into PS4's life. If they add PS2 backwards compatibility, presumably the work they're doing on that will work on the next PlayStation if they keep the same kind of hardware. So it's not like, Hey, just kidding, in the last year of this console's life we finally have
1: a feature. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be Well, cause the PS4 is what, three years into its life cycle? 2013?
0: Is it 13? I think it's two years, but maybe it's three.
1: It I mean it's it's young. Like they they claim consoles have about a ten year life cycle, but the new the next generation comes out around like the six or seven year mark.
0: November 2013. So it's two years.
1: Yeah. So I mean, we're still really early days. But I think once you go like off the shelf hardware, you know, because I mean, they're Intel chips and like, you know, RAM from Monoprice, like it's, why would you say like, Oh, let's go back to an expensive proprietary thing that's hard to produce in mass numbers? yeah you remember power pc that was awesome let's go back to power pc
0: <laughs> only Macs and certain consoles like the xbox 360
1: yeah exa- really
0: yeah it had a triple core it was power pc that's based.
1: the craziest thing i've ever i knew the gamecube was wasn't the gamecube
0: um i think oh so god i not know but yeah six 360 runs power that's, pc ibm chip
1: total shenanigans
0: uh there's there's one more gaming topic this one can be a short one and that's uh this patent so apparently namco struck gold (laughs) 20 years ago and made everyone everyone else worse for 20 years
1: yeah they uh they apparently patented having a small ancillary game inside the loading screen of your main game and this to me is just proof that they will grant a software patent for freaking anything so what's the novel
0: implementation detail that makes that unique? No- <laughs> Other than...
1: <laughs> the novel implementation detail is, um, I licked it first, so now it's mine. Because the, really, the the crucial sticking point... So I, we linked to a YouTube video in the show notes, which, as always, you can find it, sunriserobot.net slash flipping table slash 95. And uh, there's a, a short YouTube video in there, but really the, the crucial... Difference is the game that's on the loading screen is based on this patent allowed to be completely unrelated to the main game. And the example is like you're playing some game made by Namco, and on the loading screen, there's like Galaga or Pac Man because they own those properties. Those games are really small and load super fast, so they could cram them on the loading screen to distract you while the game's loading. And other companies have done similar things in like spirit, but they couldn't literally do the same thing because the whatever little mini game came up during loading had to be directly related to the main game. So the patent is literally only for these like tiny ancillary games, which is what you would want. You know, you want to play like a level <laughs> of centipede or or 15 seconds of dig dug or whatever, like just to distract you. And apparently that patent is up as of uh, today. We're recording this on the 29th. It expired on Friday.
0: So Namco never went after Nintendo for having a little roulette wheel on the, the eShop loading on the Wii U. If you open the, the the shop, you get a little like basically a lottery game. It awards you nothing, um, but it's classifiably a game but
1: it's a game on a loading screen but the thing that's loading isn't a game it's loading a store
0: (laughs) oh i see why this patent matters now do do
1: you see how uh, i don't know and i mean namco is probably not in a position to take nintendo or anyone else to court over anything (laughs) Uh, but man so stupid i just thought that was worth an interesting mention and uh this the youtube video is is pretty short and sweet if you want to get a few more of the details and actually see the ridiculous patent filing that made loading screens boring as hell for 20 straight years
0: um so we do have one more major topic this episode and we don't normally talk rumors and uh hearsay but this one just uh It fits into a a greater design discussion, and it's also so insanely plausible that even if it's not true, um, you could believe it happening. And that rumor is that on the next iPhone, Apple will kill the traditional 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, which we would had since at least the 80s. I don't know how far back it goes.
1: Uh, I saw saw a, a picture. It may have been faked, but I saw a picture that claimed that that design is like 90 years old. Which seems a little stretching, it. Yeah, and uh, I find this
0: rumor really plausible. Um, it, it fits into Apple's patterns really well, and uh, I've tried to make my own list of pros and cons of you know, and also why these cons don't matter to Apple. <laughs> um, And uh, so, like, why would you do this? Well, I mean, you can get your joke out of, for the thinnest iPhone (laughs) ever, because that headphone jack is just too thick. Let's be honest, people. It's just so thick. People are dying underneath iPhones from the the sheer magnitude of them. We we must crush this port that is too thick. you know why would they do this? It's probably easier easier to make a waterproof phone without having those little rubber covers that you stick in. Um, for Apple's sake, you can make a thinner phone, I guess. You know, lightning port's thinner than that three point five millimeter thing, and we must crush all things. Um, doing a digital out is just lets you do digital audio, so it can be higher quality. Obviously, it depends on so much more. <laughs> what format are you playing? What headphones are you using? I don't want to that can I can already hear you typing
1: the show notes for bits and pieces. <laughs>
0: Um, it also may push people since they can't use their cheap headphones they've had for 30 years, they may buy a Bluetooth headset and that's, you know, Apple just happens to own a line called Beats of Bluetooth headphones that they would love to sell you for $200. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: You can't use those headphones you own anymore. Oh, oh, what's this entire wing of the Apple store? That's all just high end headphones. Oh, yeah. look what we have right over here.
0: And not just our overpriced ear pods for $30, but hundred and two hundred hundred and 200 and $300 dollar beats, uh, maybe they can push people to them. So I can see the, the nefarious dollar signs in their eyes as they think about it. And, uh, you know, really the, the only neutral pros I can think of are, we'll probably have actually waterproof phones someday, um... I know there's some phones that have sort of figured out a way to do it with the traditional headphone port, but I think it's, it's harder. Um, well, and
1: so I don't – I mean, you know a lot more about audio equipment than I do, but does a traditional headphone port, is it open on the inside or is it just a metal-to-metal contact?
0: Uh, I mean, I I don't know too much. I just it's different rings of metal that cannot conduct, conduct. So the the number of slices you see on your headphone lets you know that it's stereo because it's separating those metal rings for oh. conduction. Neat. Um, yeah. So if you say three, that's because there's a microphone. Um, see usually. that? I just um, I feel
1: like I learned something. Like something true, yeah, not the stupid it, like solo cup ring thing that is totally not true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, the easiest is single versus two slices. So a lot of guitar cables, almost all of them only have one slice. So you know it's a mono cable, which is, makes sense. You're hooking in the guitar to an amp. But there are stereo guitar-sized cables. Um, so why does this make sense for Apple other than all the joking reasons I just said? Well, what are the reasons you keep a 3.5-millimeter headphone port? Because literally every headphone <laughs> on Earth uses it. Well, guess what Apple doesn't care about? Legacy. So that's why that's not going to hold them once they decide. They they think they have a marketable reason to say, this is the greatest port ever. Um. As soon as they think they can make that case, I think they're going to cut off the legacy as soon as possible. And that could almost be cool if it was going to drag us into the future and like, say, now everything is digital audio and that will probably be for most people, even regular people, a better audio experience. But they're not going to switch to some, you know, it's not just going to be USB or something that literally any phone anywhere can use. So we just have a new standard and it's going to be painful for a few years, but everyone get on board. No, it's going to be lightning port. And so the the only common standard we'll have is Bluetooth. And so that that's the only positive I can think of is, well, we suffer a while and Bluetooth just gets so good because it's the only thing common we have. Um, but... Other than that, get ready to, if, you, if you're if you committed to the Apple universe, get ready for adapters. Just, I know you already have 50 in your bag. Here's another one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, and I, I want to, for anybody who's been furiously tweeting the whole time you were talking, uh, this rumor originally came up before the iPhone 6. Um, so this is actually not the first time that this has come up, but new sources familiar with the matter and all that crap. So it's coming up again, but I think whether or not the rumor itself is, is freshly baked the discussion that's really interesting to me is at what point do you break ties with legacy to do the next big thing, right? So going from uh, like the standard micro USB that we're all used to, to uh USB C is complicated because It's not just a different adapter, but underneath it's also – it can be USB 3 and 3.1, which is, like, ludicrously fast and can do power and data at the same time. And, like, there's a whole lot of really obvious benefits. Digital audio – and, oh, God, the the comments from audiophiles (laughs) right now. Like, anybody who says, like, oh, but digital audio will be better or worse – or, you know, using uh, audio over Bluetooth is crap. And it's like, yeah, but think about the crappy headphones you use in the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. Like, it's it's already, you're not hooking up like Marshall monitors yeah. and duct taping them to the sides <laughs> of your head. Like, it's, you know, yes, Bluetooth audio is not the same quality as a direct audio jack, but... You're I mean, just relax. listening to podcasts
0: like, or you're on the subway and you can't hear all that detail anyway. Shut up.
1: Other than uh, – and let's pretend thinness is not really their only driving force in life. I can't pretend um, anymore that it's their then, only driving force. <laughs> what is – is there some benefit to digital audio over analog audio? I mean, you,
0: you can I, – I don't feel like – I feel like I need to read up on it. My gut says yes. Um, when I – and I don't know. There's so many things in a chain of audio that it's – you have to talk about all the pieces. So it's one piece that I think you you do get improvement from, but it depends on what headphones you're using and what file you're playing <laughs> and, and all those other things. Um, but, you know, when I'm in, just in my car, which this is not a controlled experiment, plugging into my aux cable <laughs> sounds worse than direct USB from the lightning port. Um, music and podcasts sound better. And... um yeah, it could. I mean, there's enough in that chain. It could be some other piece. It could be, um, I don't know. The it the, could be the, a
1: crappy preamp before yeah. the headphone jack. Yeah, I have had Bluetooth headphones. I still have a pair that I don't know where they are. I have another like big pair of cans that I can see. Um, I mostly now when I use headphones, I actually use my uh, noise canceling ones, uh, not with the noise canceling on all the time, but the the ear part like the little ear hook is just super comfortable so those have kind of become my daily drivers and I don't know Bluetooth headphones are are hard because you can't put a big honking battery in there
0: and you're pairing and unpairing and you're switching devices and you know no matter how smooth that gets it's never quite as person that thinks memory cards are film simple of like I hooked it into this now I'm listening to this
1: right (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't see a bunch of I mean, we talked about this. <laughs> like I, I literally said this at the beginning of this episode like I don't see a lot of obvious benefits in the short term and I also don't understand what the long term, like what the long game is other yeah. than it's thinner now and it has one less hole because that hole was asymmetrical and now the asymmetrical bad bad <laughs> hole is gone.
0: Well, and you still get into, you know, Apple loves their one port to rule them all, kind of. Uh, the new MacBooks have only one USB-C for charging or anything, and this would make the iPhones that way, too. And so, oh, you want to charge while you listen? Well, better get Bluetooth headphones, because too bad.
1: <laughs> or you're going to have to use some crazy third-party pass-through where it's like, yeah. oh, it charges, and you can hook up headphones to it.
0: Buy our iPhone dock that is only seventy nine dollars, <laughs> and yeah, it just gets kind of nuts
1: from there. Can you uh, can you imagine a world in which Apple would come to the iPhone seven and be like, bam, USB C? Um, <laughs> I, I don't see them doing it. Um, I mean, it is that is the port they went with on the MacBook One. The MacBook One does not have some giant laptop-sized lightning port.
0: I wish USB-C had been a thing soon enough that they... I feel like since they just went lightning with like three years ago, two years ago, um, it was iPhone 5, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, um, I think so. So I think that's three years ago. So... You know, they they ran with the the bigger, the clearly way too large previous charging cable for 10 years, <laughs> which, I mean, props, you stuck with one for 10 years, so fine, you get to switch once every 10 years. But I, I feel like they're going to ride lightning, ride the lightning <laughs> <for> <laughs> probably at least another five years. Um,
1: Does it not seem a little weird that they are... Well, I guess it's not weird. It's just really self-serving that they <laughs> they will take everybody else's standards and be like, we don't care if that's an industry standard. We're going to push the industry forward. But then with their standards, they're like, nah, we're good. <laughs> uh,
0: that's exactly why. It's it's very self-interested. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really – I would love to see an iPhone go to USB-C and just say, here we go, like – it carries data, it carries power, it does everything we need it to do. It's not that much bigger than a lightning cable. Johnny, I've sit down. We can make <laughs> this work. Um, and then let everyone monoprice two dollar cables, but I mean I don't think it's just, oh, we can sell twenty dollar cables and dem margins, even though that doesn't hurt. <laughs> it does um, not. I I I think they honestly believe that it's better to go their route, um, not just
1: more profitable, though it definitely is. Well, they've created a situation for themselves where their ideology also happens to always line up with profitability. And I mean, that's, that's not a slight against them. That's a brilliant business maneuver to say, let's make it so that all of the things we and our customers view as the best decisions are also the things that make us fiscally solvent. Like that's that's just really, really smart business sense. It ah, but just, man, it's annoying sometimes. <laughs> this, yes, sometimes it's super <laughs> annoying. That's the drawback. But I mean, they've they've done you know things for for Bluetooth and wireless and you know helped push those forward and and design and like. Well, and you
0: might say, you might argue that USB, they helped sort of usher that in a little bit by taking such a hard line on the iMac, but.
1: Yeah. No, they have definitely done good things as it relates But that to was standards. USB. That wasn't
0: lightning. So, yeah. That's the difference here.
1: Well, I've, weren't FireWire and Thunderbolt are not theirs, right? Like they don't own
0: those. No, uh, Intel's deeply involved in Thunderbolt.
1: Yeah. And yet and they, I I know there are PCs that exist that have Thunderbolt. I've never seen one. I don't know actually, anyone who's d- ever
0: seen one. I think Dell just updated their line. They have Thunderbolt now. So, if if you're Apple, you got to be happy about that if you want Thunderbolt to be a thing or if you're a creative professional and you prefer some of the benefits of Thunderbolt over USB. Um,
1: I I am literally looking into this right now cuz I think you're lying. You're you're a damn liar, Michael.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it somewhere. Maybe is, it was on- Is it
1: one of their uh they're like,
0: Live research. Yeah, is it one of
1: their XPS machines? It's there? right here.
0: Um, Dell XPS lineup is reinvigorated reinv- with Skylake and Thunderbolt. Holy we'll crap. We'll include a link. Here you go. It's an Anantech article.
1: Anantech? Not Anantech?
0: <laughs> Anantech. <laughs> I've never said that out loud. So <laughs> I, You know, it's like, I don't know, some of my homeschool friends are this way. They've read so much, but they haven't conversed with people enough, so the weirdest pronunciations come out.
1: Uh, this is absolutely flabbergasting, especially because... Okay, so... That's uh,
0: good for the future th- of Thunderbolt. These are
1: evolutionary <laughs> updates, but the move to Skylake has also given Dell the opportunity to add Thunderbolt 3 to the XPS 13 through a USB Type-C, which, which also supports 10 gigabits USB, VGA, HDMI, Ethernet, and charging.
0: So, so that's a little different, a <laughs> little less of a headline.
1: No, but it's I just like these... <laughs> This is exactly the problem with a lot of these things is USB type C is literally just the connector part. The part that makes it fast and awesome is the USB (laughs) 3.1 spec. So I feel like, I mean, we like, this is what we do is follow this stuff and obsess over it. And even I frequently catch myself being like, wait, what, what is this? What am I? How are you? When, when did I get here? So, yeah, yeah. It's
0: Thunderbolt 3x1 Type-C. hmm Interesting. Yeah, so Thunderbolt... Adapter life.
1: Thunderbolt <laughs> is the the chip side, like the interior guts, not yeah. the port. But it's also the... Oh, my God.
0: But the, it's also a port.
1: <laughs> this.
0: But it uh, shares the same shape as Mini DVI, so <laughs> it's not the connector. The, oh, but. does it? Yeah. So you can use Mini... Is it Mini DVI? I think that's right.
1: Is it Mini D? Not Display Port. Display Port's like HDMI with. Oh, money. that's
0: right. Mini Display Port is the same shape as Thunderbolt. Is it connectors? Yeah. Oh, so you gosh. can use Mini Display Port adapters to connect monitors through Thunderbolt. It's in, It's the yeah. This is where even as a techie person, I'm like, I don't want to. I don't care. Like, abstract me, please.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I found a press shot on Dell's website of this, and it's definitely the the Type C. Style adapter,
0: which makes sense because the Thunderbolt adapter, at least it doesn't physically. It's not physically reversible. It doesn't look reversible. Um, so yeah, it obviously, I, I, has I,
1: one orientation.
0: But even so, I'd rather have a reversible orientation cable. So I'm all in favor of Type C taking over the entire universe. Do it
1: well, and even on Dell's own little like press site for this particular laptop, it says. Uh leading edge connectivity, Thunderbolt 3, multi-use ports allows you to charge laptop, connect multiple devices, up to four K displays, blah blah blah. All the stuff we associate with Thunderbolt, but it's a type C adapter. So it's like because they don't everyone has no idea what the hell USB C is yet. They're like, Oh, we'll just go with this other thing that sounds cool, Thunderbolt. <laughs>
0: Might as well call it 4G. I mean, the carriers (laughs) redefined that like eight different times.
1: Yeah, this is uh, not... I mean, it's a new standard. Of course, it's going to be rocky at first, but it's just annoying. It's like, it's really annoying that they have... Not only do we have all the cruft of moving toward a new standard, but then things are weirdly named and now they're using different names to refer to the same things. I didn't even know Mini DisplayPort was the same thing is thunderbolt that like yeah same connector <laughs> I'm starting to think that the uh margins on adapters might be a bigger influencer for them because <laughs> this is confusing and for them to say hey here's a tiny plastic rectangle that will solve all your problems and we well, we make 99% margin on it <laughs>
0: Here's what'll happen in three to five years when the new MacBook has infected all their Macs and that's the way they do all their Macs. Maybe they'll, ha- they'll throw you an extra port just to be nice in their pro model, um, you know, just to be generous <laughs> <laughs> to their people spending thousands on computers. Um, what they'll do is once they make that switch, they'll still support Thunderbolt, but they'll sell you a new adapter to go back and support all your old devices that have the mini display ports shaped adapter so they they get you on both sides buy adapters now also buy them later
1: yep it's kind of and
0: everything it's adapters all the way down it's
1: kind of a brilliant (laughs) business model but one would think that eventually you would like grow tired right (laughs) like it's some they would have to very carefully space out the distance between these things Otherwise, an enthusiast would eventually be like, I just bought all this crap. I don't want to buy the same set of crap with a slightly different shaped hole in it. Like, I just went through this.
0: I mean, I feel like most people don't go through those transitions very quickly though so i mean that's that's the anchor slowing it down or or forcing them to be more thoughtful is professional shops are going to look long and hard and they're going to buy a full stack that like does what they need to do we need to be able to shoot this kind of footage and edit this way and spit this out we bought that setup we're not changing it until we have to and that like if you're running a production business a media business you're going to do it that way and so when apple you know If you're on the bleeding edge and you're like, oh, the abstraction of these different standards and the connectors and like, you're not going to live in that space. You're going to wait five years till they settle (laughs) and then you'll buy your new rig that works and you'll sit on that as long as you can. And that's the only sane way to live with standards and changing everything. Well, I guess guess
1: this is what the markets have figured out is exactly the interval that the market will withstand. Like how, (laughs) Okay. Did the dust settle? Okay, screw everything up again. People are willing to spend money again. Well,
0: even like, I, s- I saw some picture of like Samsung phones over the past 10 years and the, all the different charging adapters they've had. And it's like, wow, there's a lot.
1: Well, so I had an S6 up until recently, right? Um, I've seen a lot of people who still have S5s. And the S5, if you look at the adapter, it looks like this giant proprietary freaking nightmare adapter. But here's what it actually is. It's some proprietary nonsense literally smashed directly against a micro USB cable. (laughs) So if you want to do – I don't even know what. I literally don't know what those extra pins are for. But if you just want to charge your phone, which is what all like 99% of people want to do 99% of the time – any micro USB cable would work. You just only put it into the part that looks like a micro USB cable hole.
0: But that random Samsung accessory isn't gonna to talk to it through that cable or something. Right.
1: There's some some data, some Your whatever. Game
0: Boy printer isn't going to work <laughs> exactly. without
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I I've I have told multiple people they're like, Oh, I can't charge my phone, I left my cable, and I'm like, Well it's just it's a micro USB and they're like, Oh no, it's this crazy Samsung one and I'm like, let me show you. And then I'll just plug it in, and they're like, "Oh my god, I had no idea!" Like I could just use any old cable I had laying around. I'm like, "Yeah," because they don't want you to realize that. <laughs> it's just I I feel like this is all this stuff is all. It's they're doing
0: it's secret profit
1: centers. <laughs> yeah, they're they're doing it. You know, Dell and Apple and Microsoft and Sony and whoever else. Like they're doing it because they think it's the best way to like go forward, or the best for their platform or their customers or whatever. But you can't be mad at that sweet adapter money you're going to make. <laughs> like, it's there's I don't think there's any way to divorce those two things and say we're going to yeah. do what's right and push the standard forward, but somehow make no money off of selling these yeah. adapters.
0: Well, and even with standard, uh, and your Samsung example is really great. But even with non like completely identical. Uh, adapters, the margin is, the margin is real. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I was at Fry's, which is, if you haven't been to California, I don't know what states they're in, but they're definitely in California. Fry's is just a super mega tech store and it's awesome. And, uh, I went there with my brother Matt because he needed a new micro USB cable, and he 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 doesn't really know too much about them. He just knew uh, here's the one I have; it's broken. Can you help me find a replacement? And the the main aisle in Fries that has USB cables has eight dollar micro USB cables, and they come in a variety of neon colors. And they like as far as you know in that store, these are our cables take them or leave them and i was like eight's okay i mean it's it's not like apple would charge you 20 and this is eight that's reason like okay fine but i was wandering around other parts of the store and i found like it must be their like mono price corner of the store (laughs) because there was a there was a micro usb in a bag there was no branding there was nothing it was just here's a micro usb cable they had like a hundred of them it wasn't like a clearance rack and yeah two dollars and 36 cents And I was like, Matt, buy this. This this
1: is the one you want, right? It's literally the
0: same thing. (laughs) And I I was like, glad they had the reasonable price in the store, the the no margin price. (laughs) But I was like, even in that store, they were like, but this one's green.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I I want these companies to still turn a profit. Like, I'm glad Apple makes money and can still make new Apple stuff. And I want Microsoft (laughs) to make money and make new Microsoft (laughs) stuff. Like, I, I want these companies to not go out of business. But, I mean, Apple has like... I think I checked not that long ago. It's it's something like flifty flevin kerjillion dollars <laughs> in the bank. It's just, it's like a calculator breaking number. So uh, <laughs> they can invest into themselves without charging $30 for the crappiest headphones ever made
0: they have over 200 billion <laughs> in the
1: bank. <laughs> Did you sitting
0: in various countries of tax havens but yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like uh guys, it's it's safe to dial back <laughs> but I mean, why would they? Why? They're, but
0: that's why they got yeah, to this they're, place. They're a publicly because of those company. Margins. They have
1: no incentive. They're actually disincentivized from ever lowering their prices because they yeah. have proven that people will pay these prices. And it's not any different <laughs> for any other company. As soon as you find out what the yeah. market will withstand, if you get an inkling that they'll spend a little bit more, well, that's what you're going to charge, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and I, I have a metaphor that doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to say it anyway. And it's it's like you're holding a fire hose that's spraying, and you're not going to stop it from spraying, but you can try to point it at reasonable targets. Well, there is a fire over here.
1: That's uh, that just has to be the note we go out on. What? Yeah, think of it.
0: Yeah, Tim Cook has. To, you have to hold the fire hose. I'm sorry, but point it somewhere sort of smart. Okay, let's. Well, It doesn't make any sense. Forgive me. Let's just (laughs) move on. Um, so that was episode 95 of Flipping Tables. Thank you so much for listening. You can check out show notes and links for everything we talked about at our our episode URL, which is sunriserobot.net slash flipping slash 95. And uh me and David both live on Twitter. We both live on the internet. As soon as possible, our brains will be translated into machines. So if you'd like to talk to us, suggest topics, tell us we're wrong, whatever, Uh Head to uh, Twitter, and um, I'm at Music and you are?
1: At Lions in Beta.
0: And uh, while you're at our website, you should also subscribe to Flipping Tables, and that, that helps us out. It also helps you out because the episodes will be delivered to you automatically. Uh, you won't even have to think about going to our site to listen to them. They'll just be waiting on your device. Um, you can use the RSS or iTunes buttons on our website, uh, on your mobile phone, and that should pop you into your podcast app. If you don't have a podcast app, here are some suggestions. Uh, iOS, uh, it comes with an iP- a podcast app, so that works great. Or you could download overcast.fm, which I'm a fan of. If you're on Android, uh, you can check out Podcast Addict or uh, what's the other one? Pocket Cast. Hey, you got it we got to write them down in our notes, so I never have to ask. <laughs> um, either of those will work great. Uh, there, there's there's dozens. Uh, try them out. But those are two of our favorites. And uh, if you'd like to support us directly, you can head to our Patreon, to patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And uh, we, we have lots of donors that have been very generous, and we love them all. We want to give a shout-out to some of them here. Uh, Matt Mariner, Sean Byrne, Benji Robinson, and 3.5mm Jack Cunningham. Thank you so much for supporting the show.
1: So, so much.
0: All right, we'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.